Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial and just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of calm premium you'll be feeling calm relaxed and at peace in no time the mindful life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number 34 of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I share some more insights on my work with kids and a specific success story from my kids' mindfulness program. I introduce you to a case example, a child who has experienced much stigma and many difficulties in his short life due to his diagnoses and his subsequent behaviours. My program has been a game changer for this child 
an hour a week for him to just let go and just be in a chaotic, free, safe environment. My program is a space for kids to practice self-care, to slow down and to find their calm. But most importantly, it's also a judgment-free space and a space that promotes acceptance. This is vital for these so-called difficult kids who have experienced so much judgment through their lives, whose stories and diagnoses often label them as challenging and as hard to manage. This acceptance and putting judgments aside sends a message of respect and facilitates feelings of belonging, something many of these children unfortunately don't often experience. What I am seeing in my work with these kids is unique and groundbreaking, and I feel so privileged to be sharing the journey with these very special children as they allow the practice of mindfulness to transform their lives. Today I thought I'd talk a little more about the success of my kids' mindfulness program. It's now been running for around 15 months or five school terms. It's been nominated for a couple of awards and to date I've put 60 children through at least one term of the program. To hear more about how my program came about, check out episode 12. But today I thought I'd talk a bit more about my success in working with children with ADHD and other difficult associated behaviours found in some children. In episode 29, I talked about the very unlikely relationship between mindfulness and ADHD. And at that time, I also posted a video to my Facebook business page on the same topic. That was just as we were approaching the end of term two. In fact, it was around week nine of term two. So about this time, uh, it's now term three, we're in week nine. So it was uh, about the same time towards the end of term two. That video got quite a bit of interest. And as a result, I got another influx of kids being referred with ADHD or similar difficult behaviors. One mum, let's call her Sarah, contacted me about her son, let's call him Billy. Sarah had seen my video on the unlikely positive relationship between ADHD and mindfulness, and she was very interested to find out if my program could help her son. So Billy is seven years old. He has a diagnosis of ADHD and a diagnosis of sensory processing disorder and suspected ASD as well. Billy has many obstacles in life, with school being a very difficult place for him at times. He's been suspended a number of times and there's a history of him being bullied. So week one uh, of my program saw him arrive and uh, he initially refused to enter the room despite my encouragement and my coaxing. He sat on the floor outside my room with mum When I went out to him, he said to me, mindfulness is stupid and I don't want to come in. He did eventually come in with mum in tow uh, and he agreed to eventually allow mum to leave the room and she was permitted just to sit outside the door. Billy did settle very quickly, joining in the activities. Week two saw Billy arrive in his meditation pants. He happily separated from mum headed straight to his mat and he participated in all activities. So Billy has now completed eight of 10 weeks of my kids mindfulness program this term. He was absent one week due to illness. 
He was worried about this, fearing his absence would upset me. Uh, Mum regularly asks me how his behaviour is in class. I listen in disbelief when she tells me tales of schoolyard difficulties and reactivity. I've never actually seen anything but a calm and relaxed child in my class. I'm not sure what happens when Billy walks through my door. It's like he just lets go of his day and he becomes 100% present and committed to what is happening in my room. I believe he feels accepted and he feels respected. Billy is part of a community of like-minded people. We do not judge him and we've not lived Billy's story, nor do we really know it. He is just Billy to us and we accept him as he is. He is treated with kindness, compassion and respect. And Billy reciprocates by treating us exactly the same way. I've loved watching Billy's confidence grow. He contributes to class discussions and he works very hard on his stillness. He interacts beautifully with the other children and he treats them with respect and with kindness. Last week, Billy actually told me that meditation was his favourite thing, which is really quite astounding coming from a child who has a diagnosis of ADHD. Uh, children with ADHD generally have a lot of trouble sitting still. So I do fully appreciate that I only spend one hour per week with this child. I understand that he is out of his usual environment and when he's in my room, he's not surrounded by his usual stressors. He's also with a group of children in my program who are kind and compassionate and they all know the drill. They understand the class expectations. I do run a tight ship and boundaries and rules are important. Children are also rewarded for effort. But even so, new children and particularly children with behavioural difficulties usually still do find my expectations of listening, stillness and calmness confronting and challenging to achieve, particularly in the first few weeks of term. But this term I've witnessed a phenomena of children who are reportedly difficult in their daily life enter my program and within a couple of sessions their behaviour shifts and then sits in line with the highest common behaviour. So in other words, these hard kids, these difficult kids, achieve positive behaviour because they are following the other positively behaved kids. This is the power of positive role modelling and the group environment. It goes without saying that I also deliberately and wholeheartedly manage these children with kindness, compassion and patience, and of course firm boundaries, as I do with all the children in my program. And I also work hard on developing what we call in social work, a strong therapeutic alliance with all the kids. This is my duty as a social worker. And I do my utmost to create a calm and relaxed environment. I'm really so proud of Billy and all that he has achieved this term. I'm so happy that he's coming back for another term. His smile and his humour light up my room. I'm also so happy that my program has helped him. And most of all, I'm so pleased that Billy has found his community, a place where he can let go of his struggles, even if it's just for an hour a week, and he can be accepted and feel like he belongs. So thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode on uh, some more of my successes with my kids 
mindfulness program and how my program is helping kids in so many ways. This program is therapeutic in nature. I am a mental health worker. I've written a mental health program. So it is basically a cognitive behavioral therapy program or a CBT program with um, some mindfulness practice and uh, some Buddhist teachings and philosophy and some relaxation strategies. So that kind of is my program in a nutshell. Uh, We also um, do some fun mindful activities and exercises. Uh, So as I said, it is therapeutic, but the kids don't seem to realize this. I think they do get that it's good for them. But for the kids, it's really fun and the kids just keep coming back. I've had some kids um, attend for 12 months, for six months, um, and some kids just for one term. So if it wasn't fun, the kids wouldn't keep coming back. So uh, if you've enjoyed my episode today, if you have learned something or found it helpful, please feel free to share. You never know, it just might help or even enlighten someone else. And if you are listening via a podcast that allows you to leave a review, please consider leaving a few kind words and hitting those star buttons. And until next time, may you have peace in your thoughts and your hearts and share it with others. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes. You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com.